We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, hey there. How are we doing today? What's a day to start a new show? We've got a lot coming your way on today's debut edition of IB Nation Sports Talk. we got a few comments in our queue welcoming me here to, uh, to IB Nation. Irish Breakdown, thanks to all the, uh, you know, the people who've uh, posted your comments already. But, uh, you know, if you've watched other shows on the Irish Breakdown YouTube channel here, I'm obviously a new face. But thanks to Brian Driscoll, he's done a pretty good job of at least publicizing the fact that I'm going to be here. Again, if you've listened to the podcast on any of the audio podcast platforms, I'm a new voice as well. But hopefully we're going to get to know each other a lot more closely as time goes by. My name, Sean Styers. And while I'm new to Irish Breakdown platforms, you know, I've been around Notre Dame football, been around other sports at Notre Dame for a long time. I'm kind of like, if you watched Lost back in the day, I'm, I'm like Richard Alpert. I've been around for a lot longer than I'd probably care to admit. But unlike Richard, as you can see, I've got a few more gray hairs to show for it. And I also can't travel through time like Richard either. But uh, uh, just quick background on me. I've mostly worked in radio here in South Bend for more than 20 years, covering Notre Dame football since the woeful Bob Davey years. And, you know, through the last four head coaches that followed him as well, I guess five, actually, if you count George O'Leary. But I've hosted daily Notre Dame-related talk shows and football pregame and postgame shows. I've done play-by-play Notre Dame baseball back in the day. That's going to be a topic coming up here in a little bit. Women's basketball play-by-play Notre Dame as well. So, you know, in addition to doing this podcast four days a week, I'm also going to be doing Notre Dame women's basketball radio broadcast this upcoming season once again. So looking forward to all of this. I do appreciate Brian Driscoll for giving me this opportunity. He and I worked together for another website a few years back. And, you know, it's great to be back together working with him. And, and, uh, you know, again, Vince D'Addario and I, we've worked together and you'll be hearing from him in a little bit. But that's just a little bit about me for those who don't know me yet. But for those who do know me and have listened over the years, one, glad to have you along for the ride with us. But, uh, you know, what's going to be great about this podcast, I think, is it's going to be very familiar for you if you've listened 
before to any of my shows over the years. You're going to feel like you've been there before. It's kind of like Top Gun Maverick. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick yet? You know, I have to admit, I was fairly skeptical at first that they could pull it off, especially, I mean, it's been 36 years, but they made a movie that if you've seen the first one, which I have, you know, at least a hundred times, I think, and I'm not really exaggerating there, but if you saw the first Top Gun and then you watched Top Gun Maverick, it was like, to me, it was like walking into a room full of people that you know, and you just want to hang out with some more, you know, from the opening scene, they're back on a carrier and, and you've got the Harold Faltermeyer, you know, kind of tones playing. And then you're right into Kenny Loggins in danger zone. And then boom, you know, like Maverick's breaking the rules once again with a Mach 10 testing and, and all that stuff. He's back at Top Gun and there's Goose Rooster, you know, singing great balls of fire, just like his dad did. And then even, I'm not going to spoil anything here, but even the Jennifer Conley character, she, you know, she's Penny, the owner of the bar in this new one. She wasn't in the first one, but do you remember that line that Maverick had about, there was a, a line about dating an admiral's daughter in the first one? That was Penny. She was the admiral's daughter. So, I mean, they even weave that in there. And then, of course, there's Iceman and the callback, you know, to the relationship with Ice Maverick, stuff like that over the years. And, you know, of course, they also worked in, you know, a, a talk to me goose and, and all the good stuff. Instead of beach volleyball, you've got beach football. But it was, again, it was like going back to a family reunion, only it's the people you actually want to be around, not the obnoxious uncles and cousins that you can't stand. So it's familiar. And that's what I hope this show is going to be for those of you who have listened in the past. Familiar. Brian did a couple of segments a week with me back on my last radio show. He'll be checking in every now and then. And again, Vince D'Addario and I have known each other and done radio together for, ah, man, I, again, I mean, you can see the gray hairs, but it's been like 18 years. We're going on 18 years, I think. So, you know, he'll be here a couple of days a week, starting with tonight. We had a segment called Rapid Fire on my last show. That is coming here with me. We'll be doing that in a little bit. The guys who did rapid fire with me, including Vince, Jesse, Bobby, you'll meet all of them over the next few days as well here on this show. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we don't have a bunch of inside jokes, you know, that you're not going to get if you haven't listened before and all that kind of stuff. But the big thing is we just want to hang out with you. And, you know, we're looking forward to hang you hanging out with us as well. So let's get things going. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of College World Series here in a minute. I just want to say, you know, this is typically going to be a Notre Dame football show, predominant Notre Dame football show, but, but, you know, big happenings over the weekend in the world of baseball for Notre Dame. But, you know, football's king. Uh, we're going to talk about other Notre Dame sports as well. We're going to be talking Notre Dame football year-round, and, you know, probably at least 90% of the time the show is going to start with some Notre Dame football. But, you know, this, this isn't going to be like a recruiting-heavy kind of show. You know, because we have other specific recruiting people to go, you know, deeper on that. But before we get to our main topic of the day, I mean, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Am I right? Marcus Freeman and his staff just, you know, they keep landing the recruits. They get C.J. Carr, five-star quarterback out of Michigan's backyard last week. It was it was pretty enjoyable to see Grandpa Lloyd wearing that Notre Dame baseball cap. You know, I thought that was that was a pretty good shot. And then. You know, you've got the commitments from a couple offensive linemen from the 2023 class over the weekend as well. Elijah Page, Joe Otting, you know, so it's exciting because there's just so much buzz around this program right now, and it is only going to continue. But uh, with that, 
I'm going to bring Vince D'Addario in right now, and uh, I'll let himself, I'll, I'll let him open the door and and let himself in here because you know we're going to have plenty of topics here in a few minutes. Hello, Vince. Hey, what's going on, Sean? Good to see you, buddy. Dude, I am fired up, man. Like this, I. <laughs> I love being on the ground floor stuff. It's why I, I really enjoyed, uh-huh. you know, uh, starting, you know, the old SSS back in the day, the SSS, man. <laughs> like I, I shot that in a text to you the other day and I was like, Oh, this felt good. Just to throw the old SSS out there. That's and right. then starting up inside the Sean Steyer shows. Yes. It was called at one point. So. Back in uh, 2005, I want right. to say. You can't start off with something inside Woo! after I just said, there's not going to be inside stuff. I know. Right. But the fact that you just see, it helps me though, that you said it's going to be 18 years because then that means that's what my anniversary is with my wife. So that helps me remember how long we've been married because you and I met a few weeks before my wedding. So yes, that is how far back we go. And I am so fired up. Like I was so disappointed for you. And within 24 hours, I was like, this works out great for me. The worm (laughs) turn, baby. It was great. Because it's it always was, about Vince, you know. All it's saying. like if it's good for Vince, it's good, you know, in Vince's world. So. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Worked out great for me, and uh, right. and I think it's going to work out great for you and, and Irish Breakdown. And I'm fired up, man, because yep. we get to continue on with what we've been doing for 18 years, and it's going to be again. The only problem is people got to look at us as we do it. That's the only problem I see at this point. But uh, it's nice to have the sultry sounds of Sean Styers on Irish Breakdown, man. <laughs> It's always nice to be told that I have sultry sounds as well. Part of it's my allergies. So, but I, you're, you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir it's, on that one. They're killing me right now. And talk to uh, I. It, it's fun with all this stuff that's going on with Notre Dame baseball right now because between social media and just you know like texts and phone calls and stuff, I've heard from and I and I guess I should say again for for people who don't know me. I said I did Notre Dame baseball. So from 2001 through 2008, I did both Notre Dame baseball and Notre Dame women's basketball radio play-by-play. So in 2001, I was fortunate to call uh, Notre Dame women's basketball's first national championship. And then just a little more than a year later, (laughs) here comes Paul Maneri taking Notre Dame to the College World Series. And and I got to do that as well. Paul's going to join me later in this show as well the hall of famer who just retired about a year ago uh, down in lsu we're not going to like reminisce about a bunch of old 2002 stuff i've done a lot of that with him over the years (laughs) we're going to talk about this year's college world series team and get some of his thoughts he actually talked to these guys back in the fall he came up his son nick uh, works at notre dame and uh you know so they came up they went to a notre dame football game and uh, Link Jarrett found out he was on campus, invited him over to talk to his team back in uh, October, I guess it was. And, and uh, you know, they've continued to develop their rela- – they knew each other, obviously, before that, but they've continued to develop that relationship. But we're going to get a lot of Paul's comments on this team. I tell you what, he knows this team inside and out. So, Which is impressive by itself. It is. Because it's he's amazing. been he's been away from the Notre Dame program for so long. I yeah. mean, and the fact that – you know, he's that Notre Dame still obviously holds a special place in his heart. I mean, he won a national championship down at LSU, but no one before Link Jarrett had done for Notre Dame baseball what Paul Maneri did for Notre Dame baseball. And yeah. they have sorely lacked that leadership since he left. And 
he holds this place very, very close to his heart. And I, I have a feeling if Notre Dame was located pretty much anywhere else geographically, <laughs> he probably wouldn't have gone anywhere else. But no, you're right. I get it. I mean, I understand it. It stinks, but I, I totally understand, you know, why he left. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, uh, it, and you're you know like if if Notre Dame was located what a couple hundred miles south, like if Notre Dame was in Louisville, Kentucky, instead of Louisville, where you right. can play college baseball games at home in February, you know which you can't up here. You know it still gets a little chilly down there. It's amazing how much warmer it is just right on the other side <laughs> of the state of Indiana. You know in in right. February compared to here. I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that there would have been a, you know, a different attitude about college baseball at Notre Dame if they were in just a little bit warmer climate yeah. than what they are. And I think you're right. I think that, you know, that's, that's part of, part of it. You know, there were a lot of yeah. layers to fall leaving, but there you know, again, like if you're a few hours South, you've probably got better attendance, which leads to, you know, better stadium, more money, better stadium, all better, of it. Yeah. yeah. All these different things. That's Absolutely. Right. No doubt. But that's our main topic today. We were, you know, we were originally like going into the weekend. The plan was, well, of course, we're going to start with Notre Dame football. This is <laughs> this is Irish breakdown. Right. But we're going to start with the most relevant topic of the day, and that is Notre Dame getting back to the College World Series for the first time since Pulmonary's 2002 College World Series team. So it's you know, it's very excited, exciting. I'm excited about it. Brian's going to send me out there at the end of this week. So I'm excited about that to get back. At I'll be bringing Irish breakdown nation, you know, coverage from out there in Omaha. That's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Maybe some other stuff going on too, but you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll as see. The week goes on, I, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, but we don't need to, we don't need to go. No, no we don't. We know something for no, sure, we don't. But, Believe me. But it had been 20 years, 20 years, 20 in between. I'm pretty sure it was 20 years and a day from when they wrapped up the series against Florida State, right? And so that's that's a very good point because yeah. on Friday, Friday was the 20th anniversary of you know the the start of the Tennessee Super Regional. That was the 20th anniversary of Notre Dame wrapping up the Florida State okay, there Super you go. Regional in 2002. Yeah, yeah. So and they beat number one Florida State down at Tallahassee. And then 20 years, almost to the day later, they go into Tennessee and they beat number one Tennessee in Knoxville. I mean, the parallels are just 
the, the parallels are crazy. I mean, it really crazy. is. It really is that, you know, the fact that they had to go on the road to beat the number one team in the nation. And I had somebody ask me over the weekend, you know, like was 2002 as big an upset as this one? Well, they were both the number one ranked team in the country, right. but you know, it's apples and oranges, but that Florida state team had won 25 straight games going into the, that super regional, which is amazing itself. So you've got one team, the Florida state team that had won 25 straight going into that one. And this Tennessee team that was what, but like 56 and seven or yeah. whatever it was. Right. So, yeah. I think they lost two games at home all season or whatever the record yeah. was like 37 and two, some, something ridiculous like that. And Notre Dame was able to take two of three. And frankly, I think I said to this to you on the phone, they pretty much held in control that entire series, except one inning. Uh, in game two, when they gave up the eight spot, that crooked number, they pretty much held Tennessee in check well, the rest of the way. And that's, you know, again, like when you look at in the story that I wrote yesterday, the the, the, the recap of the game, I did a little deja vu down at the bottom. If you saw it, there were a lot of parallels, you know, when we just talked about, you know, the one beating number one. But so both teams in both cases, 20 years ago and this past weekend, both Notre Dame teams won the opener, and they both got out to a pretty good lead in the first game. Second game, they both lose. And, you know, again, I, you know, does it matter? I don't know. But, like, the opposing team used an eight-run inning in both games to win what ended up being, you know, a somewhat lopsided game two. And then, of course, Notre Dame won both game threes and and, uh, both sent them to Omaha. So it's really amazing. Just like the parallels that these teams yeah. have. And like, when you look at the way they go about their business, there's a lot of similarities as well. Like link doesn't sacrifice bunt and, you know, hit and run and do some of that stuff to the degree that Paul probably did back then, but he still does a lot of it. You know, they, they're able to manufacture some runs that to me and like texting with my son, in the game like that Tennessee catcher did not have a very impressive arm and the way Notre Dame likes to run I said all Notre Dame's got to do is get some guys on base and they can manufacture anytime they want unfortunately they ran into three outs on the basis you know before they finally you know started scoring later on but you know that's the kind of team they are you know they can they can grind you they you know they just they just put the ball in play they don't hit into a lot of double plays you know they'll they'll run bases they hit run when they need to you know, it's it's they're a lot of fun to watch, obviously. And if you watch this weekend, you know what I'm talking about. Well, they are a lot of fun to watch. And I think that they bring they can kind of morph into whatever team they need to be in yeah. order to win the game that is in front of them. Right. Like we've seen them win. So if you even just take the playoffs, right, they can be a home run hitting team if they need to be. Right. I mean, it, it was two home runs that got them to tie the game and then take the lead. But they can also do the small ball. There were there was one point in the game where. Notre Dame stole second and the very next pitch, they stole third, like boom, boom. Right. You know, it's, they are who they need to be. And then I think it was a ground ball to second base and it scores that run. And I think that was the first run of the ball game for Notre Dame, but either way, they, they know how to score. They know how to win. They are a very veteran team, which I really liked. I mean, they, they use the transfer portal to their advantage because there's a ton more baseball players out there that, have these fifth and sixth years of eligibility because of COVID. Right. And Notre Dame took advantage of that. Look, it's the same thing for football guys, where if you try to get in a transfer from the transfer portal, getting an undergrad is a completely different conversation than bringing in somebody who already has their degree. 
And Link did a really good job of hitting that transfer portal and bringing in guys who already had their degree and use them. And it was a lot of the guys that were on the mound and use them really, really, really well over this playoff run so far. Well, you know, I don't know what, you know, like the back and forth was before with like the previous coaches and stuff like that. Like I know back to the Dave Schrag, you know, I, I, I did you had the tail end. You had the beginning yeah, of him, right? I had the beginning of the Schrag era. And yeah. Kind of, you know, the radio contract move. Chuck Freebie was doing it on another station. I would fill in for Chuck every now and then. So I'd still right, get to right. travel I with Schrag that. and Aoki and stuff like that. But, you know, so I got, you know, so I knew the both staffs fairly well. But I don't, like Schrag, I know, brought in a grad transfer early on. He didn't do a whole lot of that. He brought in another kid from Indiana State once. You know, he had like six first basemen on the team and stuff like that. But roster management. But, you know, like (laughs) my point is I'm not, like you really didn't see a whole lot of that, it seemed like, from Mick Aoki. So, again, I I don't know what the conversation was between, you know, can we do this? You know, were they really allowed to? Is that something Link pushed for? Those kind of things. But you're absolutely right. He, you know, this is year three, and he was able to fill some really important holes with some transfers early on. They had the Cole Hep kid, a fireballer, you know, out of the bullpen last year who got drafted right away. And obviously, John Michael Bertrand, the last two years, JD's brother, has, you know, proven to, to be an ace. And who would have seen that coming when he left? Furman you know you just wouldn't have thought that it based on the numbers that he had at Furman you wouldn't have thought you yeah know, Chuck Ristano a guy who's been here for 12 years now yep. as the pitching coach has done an amazing job with this pitching staff as well you know they've they've got one of the top ERAs in the country they're you know they're really good they're really good pitching they're really good defense and just what we were talking about they do enough offensively and I think and I've got a story that's going to be coming out here within the next couple of days I think the the kind of offense they have, it plays well at what now is Charles Schwab Stadium. It used to be TD, TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha. It's now Charles Schwab, as Paul Maneri reminded me. But <laughs> so uh, it's Charles Schwab Park. It, it's you know it's a big big dimensions. It's really similar to Frank X Stadium dimension wise. Notre Dame is not a home run reliant team, and those kind of teams tend to do very well once they get to the college world yeah. series. So I'm excited to see what these guys were able to do. Oh, absolutely. And I, they, they, in Notre Dame, they, they started a couple of true freshmen there for a while. I know they started the season with a true freshman and then their a true freshman was playing second base. I do believe uh, because of injury. And now they've kind of taken those guys out and inserted veterans into that group. And it just made the overall age a little, you know, a little bit more. I mean, they're, they're a veteran group. So it's, it's exciting, man. I, I, was watching it on the big screen at uh, football camp in the big in the IAC in the in the indoor facility, and it was so cool to see that. First of all, a double play to end the game was uh-huh. freaking great, and the entire football staff just started going nuts. You know, they're like, "Yeah, here we go, World Series!" You know, I mean, it's so cool the the relationship that the staff has with or all the staffs on campus have with each other, and they're all rooting for each other and. There's, it doesn't appear to be any animosity between staves and things like that. So that part was cool all by itself. But, man, what a cool series. And it couldn't have happened to a bigger POS than Tennessee. That's all yeah, I Yeah, you know, yeah, and there's – Not unhappy there's, about that. There's, again, you know, not a parallel, but some symmetry to this whole journey now when you when you have the pulmonary connection because 
that's where Paul's career ended a year ago. He was uh, LSU lost a super regional at Tennessee. They were swept in two games. And then that was the last game of his career. And I, I remember watching that on TV and those Tennessee fans were nasty, you know, and mm-hmm. like they, they, they had the classless t-shirts and that's exactly what they were. It's like, this, they is, embrace a it. this is a hall of fame coach <sighs> who is literally one of the best people that you are ever yes. going to meet. And no this question. Is, you're heckling this man in his last game as you're finally getting to the college world series. So, you know, there was some comeuppance that, that, that they got from Link Jarrett and, uh, and that squad this weekend. And it was also really cool to see this year's team, holding up that that big 2002 College World Series banner. They brought it with yeah. them. I guess Link said they've been hanging it up in the locker room all year long. They brought it with them down there to Knoxville. So so that was really cool as well. We're getting a lot of comments here. I saw someone said they'd work for beer, I think, if they could come to Omaha with us this week. So <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I think, well, somebody said they want to cover if you, hockey. If you, you give know, me the beer, beer I might, I, you know, I might yeah, consider that. Exactly. <laughs> There's room in the truck, baby. But right. we did. We got, hey, look at this. First super chat of Uh-oh. the uh, IB Nation Sports Talk history from Troll Hunter. Thank you very much. Nice. Appreciate that. So we got a super chat already. So thank you very much. Well, what do we do awesome. with that, Vince? You're, you're kind of pseudo producer here. Yeah, dude. we kind of bring it up. We talk about it and then we uh, move on. Okay. All right. <laughs> so there we go. So that's All good right. stuff, man. Appreciate that very, very much. Very, thank very you, Troll much. Hunter. All right. Well, what. But let me ask you this. What stood out to you? Anything in particular from, you know, about Notre Dame, you know, and just the way they won, anything they yeah. did, anything stand out to you from that Super Regional win this weekend? Well, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is, you know, you just got done talking about the uh, the classless versus the Catholics, you know, shirts that they were wearing and how, you know, Tennessee just embraced that whole mantra of nonsense. And it was polar opposites with the way that Notre Dame plays the game and the way that Tennessee plays the game. And I've always coached my teams the way that Link Jarrett coaches his team. And I know you did the same thing when you were a high school baseball coach as well. There's there's room for excitement. Don't get me wrong. I'm one of the most excited people you'll ever meet in a game situation. I'll hop a fence and, yep. and, and, and get excited and cheer for a double play or a great play or a big hit or whatever. Uh, and and when I coached football, I was the same way. I you know running down the sidelines and all that fun stuff. But there's a time and a place for that, and there is still respect in the game. And watching Notre Dame and the way that they played the game versus the way that Tennessee played the game, it was like polar opposites. And you almost had to pick a side. Like you couldn't even be neutral just watching that series. It's like okay, well either I subscribe to the way Tennessee plays or I subscribe to the way Notre Dame plays. Pick a side because there's nobody in the middle. And right. for me, it's very easy to root for a team like Notre well, Dame. You know, look, and Notre Dame guys get excited too. You know, they they you know they 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 show a little emotion. The difference is, and this kind of goes to what you're just talking about. Like when I when I did coach, you know, we talked about I don't ever want you talking to the other team or you know that kind of stuff. You know, you can you can get fired up. You know, you can do absolutely whatever you want. Just don't say any, just don't say it to the other team, you know, like amongst yourselves, whatever you want. You know, we didn't, we didn't have to get into bat flips. Fortunately, we didn't have any bat flippers, <laughs> like that, but <laughs> we don't have enough home runs for bat flippers. Yeah. 
I think the thing that stood out to me was above anything else was just the poise, you know, in the face of all that, the poise that Notre Dame had and, and the poise in the approach and the preparation, because that's, that's what strikes me about these Link Jarrett teams watching them is especially the guys, when they step into the batter's box, they're never fooled by anything. You know, they're, they're up there looking for solid contact. They're looking to, you know, for a specific pitch in certain zones, in certain situations, and they're just looking for solid contact. And like this weekend, the home runs came. You know, they're not a home run team, but they end up right. hitting seven home runs in part because it's a bandbox down there in that Knoxville, but also because they weren't fooled. They got the barrel to the ball and, yep. and you know, let, let, let the barrel and the ball do all the work. And, you know, they, they ended up with some home runs as a result. And I've seen some comments about the freshman kid jack findley yeah you know the lefty and that kid was amazing obviously five in five scoreless innings yesterday he gave them everything they needed two appearances seven total innings one run and seven strikeouts he gave them the equivalent of a start over you know two starts and a big difference as well to me and again this this to me showed tony vitello's arrogance going into this series i think he totally overlooked notre dame because yeah. again, it's like here's this team from the north. Who are they? We're the number one team. He bought into all of you know everyone's hype about his team. I think they overlooked him. And on Friday, when Notre Dame had the big lead, they go to their big gun, Ben Joyce, out of the bullpen. This is a guy who's bringing 102 miles an hour, but they burn him for for over three innings. You know, a guy. You know, so so you're talking about a guy, you know, who high leverage type stuff, but that he goes for over three innings and 64 pitches. They couldn't go back to him the rest of the weekend. Right. You know, and and it's a lopsided game. Now, granted he stemmed the tide and Tennessee was able to get close, but allowed them to come back and make it look like it was close. It was eight, six, but yeah. Yeah. Jesse, my son and I, you know, and he played college ball as well. Like we're texting. It's like, you're burning him too quick. You know, you're going to need him probably on Sunday. And in a game really... that was over. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. They, they, like, Notre Dame was playing that game, and I don't want—I don't mean this in a negative way. They were playing it not to lose. Like they were—they were in a situation where they had a big lead, and they were kind of playing it that way. And yeah. Tennessee was kind of scratching back. They were kind of doing some things, but sometimes you just got to play for the next game. You know what I mean? And and they didn't do that at all. And I—they thought that they were going to come back and win that game. No, and and okay, I get that. But you can't burn that guy the way that they did because Notre Dame really had no answers for him yep. when he was on the mound. And yep. he could have been very, very helpful to Tennessee in game three when it was a three to one game, right? If they're yep. Tennessee's up three to one, you bring that kid in, it might be a different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, I think that's, you know, like if they hadn't burned him Friday, that's who they wanted to go to and who they would have gone to yesterday. And maybe the game turns out completely different. But, right. Hey. Notre Dame's not going to cry for him. None of us are going to cry no, for him, sir. You know? So it, that was it awesome. Yeah, worked out and well. I want to. I want to throw this comment up here because uh, Stymy Snurdly says Irish opened the series with a purpose. First pitch fastball belted on a rope to the gap. Yep. I thought that they handled, and you kind of mentioned this about how they handled the environment and they handled the pressure. They were unfazed by that Knoxville crowd. Absolutely unfazed, and yep. he's and Stymy's absolutely correct. That first pitch. Pretty much set it all. It's set well, the tone for the whole series. Like, and like you wonder, play. and this will be maybe a good question for when 
you know, before they head to Omaha, I know they're going to do a media session, but the crowd in Starkville, Mississippi last year for Mississippi State, um, I think, you know, that crowd was like triple what they probably had in Knoxville. They set records, didn't they, for super regional attendance, didn't they? I, I think that that, I think that playing in that environment last year definitely helped them for this environment yeah, this year. No doubt. No doubt. It, either way, it was fun. Notre Dame's going to the College World Series for the first time in 20 years. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I am so jealous that you get to go. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll say right there. So we'll, well, we'll see. 